Yo, 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 what's going on, Train Hard Live Strong family? This is your host, Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beans Training and Apparel. And today, y'all, we have yet another Titan Games Season 2 competitor and truly an amazing, amazing person who truly believes and is passionate about fitness, movement, and most importantly, nutrition. For everyone right now who is maybe currently pregnant or has been pregnant, um, is going through the recovery phase, or is thinking about getting pregnant in the next few months, this episode is going to give you so much incredible value, okay? We have an amazing person here that has tons, tons of education and experience in not just fitness and nutrition, but uh, all around pregnancy and and bringing in together those things. And to me, I've always been a huge fan of that. I've always been a huge fan of of recovering the body with food. And no matter what you're doing or who you are, even if it's not weightlifting related and you're just recovering from an injury or the beautiful thing when it comes to labor, um, when it comes to, when it comes to giving life into the world, giving you know, pushing out a baby that is amazing, but it is also very impactful to the body. So Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's go ahead and let's dive into this episode, y'all. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros, top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations, and we're all here to inspire you to believe in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. As usual, this is your host, Coach Matt, and we have an amazing, amazing guest speaker on the show today, truly going to bring so much value to the table and for everyone listening right now. But um, an amazing Titan Games season two competitor, uh, doctor, OBGYN, a super uh, busy person, but still really strives to, to, to make sure she's healthy and she's fit and just giving out great value and information to a lot of different people who really need it. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Dr. Jamie Seaman. Hey, Jamie. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. It's, it's like it's truly the biggest honor for me to have you here. You have, like, like I said, you so much uh, self-experience and knowledge behind you. And, and then you going into the Titan game, that is so, so cool. But before we begin, um, for everyone who doesn't know who you are, our current listeners, future listeners, real quick, can you give like a nice little background on, uh, on how you got to who you are today? Absolutely. So I'm a 35-year-old mom of three. I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I practice as a private practice OBGYN. So I deliver babies. I do surgery. I take care of women you know, from their teenage years all the way um, through the end of life. And a little bit about me. I'm born and raised in Nebraska. I'm a corn husker. So if there's any husker fans <laughs> listening, go Big Red. <laughs> Big Red. <laughs> um, but I was born and raised here. And I grew up as a three-sport athlete. I was super active as a kid growing up, um, but I didn't really eat the greatest. I was in a household. My mom was super busy, worked tons of hours. We were always on the go with practices and games and things. And then I went to college. I played softball for Nebraska. I was a... Um, all-American softball player for the Cornhuskers. And while I was yeah. there, I got a degree in nutrition exercise science. And so that's kind of where my interest in really nutrition started. 
And I knew that I wanted to go to medical school, but I thought, gosh, you know, it's competitive. What if I don't get in? And I just thought, if I don't get in, I'll do something in the exercise science nutrition world. So luckily I got into medical school. So I left the university. I took off my athlete hat, put on my white coat. And here I was at this time in my life where all of a sudden I was like very sedentary. I'm sitting in the library for multiple hours per day. And my nutrition really caught up with me <laughs> big time. And I was having to count calories and I was really struggling to maintain my weight. Wow. And then my husband and I decided to start our family. So we decided to get pregnant. And if you want the greatest physiologic test of your health, you should get pregnant. <laughs> I failed my glucose testing during my pregnancies. Um, I found out after my first daughter was born at hypothyroidism. Wow. And after I ended up having three pregnancies in 58 months. So all my daughters are 23 months apart. So we have three little girls. But during my third pregnancy, I had kind of a horrible tragedy happened in my life. I lost one of my best friends in the middle of her pregnancy and mm -hmm. found out I had prediabetes. I wasn't happy with my body. I was on thyroid medication. And it was just this really eye-opening, well, really a slap in the face is what it was to me. Um, you know, I just felt like an imposter. Like here I am as a doctor with a nutrition and an exercise science degree, and I'm supposed to be telling people how to live healthy and I was like the worst example of it. And I'll admit it, like I did not eat well during my pregnancies. And so I just decided that day that I was going to live my life with a different purpose and a different passion. It was about five years ago. And I started eating healthy. I started getting back in the gym. I started working out again. And I started this business, Dr. Fit and Fabulous. Um, That's which so now cool. Kind of exploded into the, <laughs> you know, so this cool. thing. I'm doing international speaking now. I became board certified in ketogenic therapies. Um, it changed the way I practice as a doctor. It really changed nice. literally well, congratulations. In my life. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I guess, you know, from my perspective, I think you should walk the walk and talk the talk a little bit. And Absolutely. as a healthcare provider, I just want to be the best example for my patients that I could be. And I know there's, a woman out there listening right now that is was in my shoes where I was five years ago. And I just want people to understand how much power and influence they have, um, you know, when it comes to lifestyle interventions. Wow. See, that's, and I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's um, very hard, you know, whenever someone that you love truly, you know, leaves, it's, it's especially when in your situation, when you were, you know, you were currently pregnant at that time, you said. Yeah, I was, we were both pregnant, actually. We were due three weeks apart. It's actually, I oh mean, we could spend a whole podcast just talking about that story. But I think wow. what I want people to understand is, as a doctor, sometimes like your sense of mortality is a little bit skewed just because mm. we deal with life and death on a daily basis. Right. And to watch somebody who was 29 years old, eating healthy, doing everything right, exercising, had no health problems at all, and then is just like swept off the face of the earth in 10 days. Um, I, it just really made me realize that tomorrow is not guaranteed. And mm -hmm. so I literally live every day that I wake up is a great day because just, just by waking up, you're, you're luckier than a lot of people. And so right. I just don't, I just don't take any day on this earth for granted anymore. Nice. And that's great. Especially coming from you, you know, that's a, just like you said, walk the walk. So like you're, you're really a, a leader, you know, in multiple realms uh, as a mom, uh, as, as, as a doctor, you know, to all these, these, these women who come to you to obviously they trust you. So you, you're a huge leader idol in a lot of people's eyes, which is, which is awesome. And, um, and whenever you, whenever all that stuff, what happened in, in that pregnancy, um, when things like that happen in life for a lot of people, we, we get pushed so far down sometimes. So what was like, 
was it that, that, that made you fix your health and lifestyle or was it something else inside of you that said, Hey, I need I need to change. Yeah. I mean, it was really that moment where, you know, I think I got into my pregnancies, my health caught up with me all my bad habits caught up with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started to question my, you know, career as the doctor and, and my role as a mom and just, I mean, literally every, you know, purpose that I had in life. And I thought, I can do better than this and I can do more than this and we need to fix our healthcare system. And it's going to start with me. I'm going to, I'm going to do it for myself. I just started out on a very personal level. I'm going to just show people, I'm going to, you know, be an example. And I made it very public, you know, on my social media um, because I'm just as human as my patients. I struggle with all the same things that all of you struggle with. There's no, there's no magic over here. We're not superhuman. <laughs> That's crazy. See, especially as, um, as, as a doctor, you know, I feel like sometimes whenever we're the expert or professional that we like to put ourselves on a high horse sometimes, but I love what you said. It makes people feel comfortable. It makes you feel like this person is, is a person just like me. Like, so I'm an instructor, I'm a trainer. I have my own uh, training business and stuff like that. And when it comes down to coaching people, you know, they see me and I'm like this fit dude that makes pushups and pull-ups and burpees look really easy. And, uh, and when they do, it's very hard, but I don't put myself on a high horse. I don't put myself up there. I want to make sure that, Hey, do I started there too? Like I have these issues. Like I have low motivation sometimes too. And, and things are difficult for everyone. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I say that too. I'm like, doctors need doctors. Trainers need trainers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. So obviously as from everything you've been saying, it sounds like you have a very, very busy schedule. You know, you're always doing this, doing that. And uh, very glad to, to grab you for an hour of your day today. But um, with everything that you do in your, in your day-to-day life, what, how do you make time for, or how do you prioritize your health, you know, first before you kind of do anything and and give, you know, uh, your value to other people? Yeah. So that was one of the big mind shifts that I really made when Mm -hmm. I changed my life was I said, okay, I come first. I come before my kids. I come before my husband. I come before my, my job. And I feel like as a mom, sometimes you have this mentality that you need to take care of everybody else first. And so I kind of think about it this way. I just say like, you shouldn't be trying to fill other people's cups if your pitcher is empty. So how I keep my pitcher completely full is I wake up every single day at 4.30 in the morning, every single day, my alarm clock goes off, my feet hit the floor and I'm at the gym by five to get my training session in because that's the one time of the day. There might occasionally be a pregnant woman that (laughs) that ruins it. You know, babies come okay, all hours of the day, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but there's no scheduled surgeries. There's no kids activities, right? My clinic doesn't start till later in the morning. So it's my time of the day to go and get my workout in so that I know that's going to happen. And when it comes to nutrition, it doesn't matter how busy your day is. That is something you are absolutely in control of. And so I always say control the controllable. So focus on the things that you have control over because every day there's going to be external influences. Something happens, you get a flat tire, your kid gets sick or whatever it is but you can still control the controllables. And so I wake up every day, I get my training done and I just focus on eating well. And I focus on sleep and recovery because of the pace of life that I live. That is so important. Um, I prioritize vacations when I need them um, and rest when I need it too. So you always have to kind of find that balance, but I consider there's really like five like pillars of health is what I consider. And Mm -hmm. I say nutrition and exercise are one and two and then stress, sleep, and environment are three, four, and five. And, and I basically focus my energy on those five things, and I put myself um, at, the, at the top of my list. See, that is, that is awesome. That, everything, you, those five pillars truly, truly is. That's it. That's like the center of it. Because 
Um, and one thing I, I did like that you said was uh, that control the controllables, which is so true. Uh, and especially coming from someone that's so busy, you know, and, and when it comes down to your nutrition, the way you eat and how you sleep and, you know, how you do your fitness, how you move, it all comes down to, you know, how are you planning your days? How are you, you know, uh, executing something that you want to have to ensure that you achieve goals that you might have or just just to be healthy and take care of yourself so that your picture isn't empty, just like you were saying. And, and I think that is such a huge thing to understand because uh, a lot of us have busy lives, you know, and the biggest excuse is what? I don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And a lot of people ask, you know, they're like, I don't know, Dr. Jamie, it just seems like you have more time in your day or you're superhuman or whatever it is. But I really honestly believe that those five pillars that I talk about make you more resilient um, yes. to, to stressors in your life. Um, if I didn't do those things right, I, I would not be able to accomplish the things that I'm able to accomplish. Um, um, I think you, you have to figure out how to take care of yourself first because it honestly makes me a better doctor. It makes me a better wife. It makes me a better mom. And, and you're setting an example for the people around you. I have three little girls who watch what I do day in and day out. And it's so incredible, awesome. right? I don't want to go down to the gym, but I get down in the gym and they're watching me and all of a sudden they're down on the floor doing pushups with me. Um, you'd be amazed the people in your circle that you would inspire by just doing the things you don't want to do most of the time. Yes. Yes. So true. Especially as a mom, especially as a mom, that is, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, and obviously too, everything you've been doing, um, with, you know, your fitness, health and your business and, and, and just everything, everything with your kids, family, all this stuff. How, how, how was the, the, the Titan games experience? Like how did, how did you make time for that? What was the preparation to get there? Well, it was incredible when Titan Games season one came out. I had never even heard of the show, <laughs> but I caught wind of it. Somebody told me about it in the operating room one day and I look it up and I'm like, this is incredible. This looks like American gladiators from when I yes. was a little girl, but I had a ton of self doubt. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. You know, I'm not a professional athlete. I don't train like CrossFit people do. I don't, mm. you know, I'm, you know, those doubts just like creep into your head, but, um, fast forward, you know, about six to nine months and they were asking for applicants for season two. And I put in an application and, um, I waited and I waited <laughs> nervously <laughs> and I found out around Christmas time that I was coming out to the combine. So they send us out to this combine where you have to physically try out and compete against all these other amazing, smart, courageous, <laughs> strong people. Uh -huh. I mean, you're just humbled when you look around the room. I mean, like, they cherry pick like the best people. So then um, after I competed at the combine, I found out a couple days later, I was selected as one of 18 women to be on the show. And this yes. was um, a little bit of a wrench in my life, right? I have this full-time medical practice and I'm a yeah. mom of three. So we had to pull our kids out of school. We had to fly down to Atlanta. We filmed down there for multiple weeks. I was living in a hotel room uh -huh. and I couldn't tell anybody where I was. I mean, this was like a big secret while we were Top filming. secret. Um, it was so top secret. And so my staff knew I was filming a TV show. So they were trying to guess, you know, like what I was doing. And they're like, oh, are you like going on naked? <laughs> I was like, uh, no. What a guess. So, thank God it was Thank God it was Titan Games. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But it really was an incredible experience. I mean, these, the people they select for the show, I mean, talk about inspiring stories from all walks of life. And um, what an incredible experience to do it in front of my in front of my three girls and like yes. show them that you know you can be smart and you can be pretty and you can be strong and you can be fast and you can do all the things that you want to do if you're willing to put in the work to do it 
Absolutely. Wow. That's, and that's one thing I've always admired. I love uh, uh, females, especially moms, who um, take care of themselves and, and, and push for, for what they want with their body and health. Like if, by lifting heavy weights or, or fixing their food or just focusing on themselves, you know, I, I always feel like moms are, are like the superheroes that walk earth because you girls go through so much and do so much and you're capable of so much. And sometimes a rare few only tap into that, you know, and, and I feel like if all, all these amazing moms would do that, it'd be, it'd be incredible. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think it's just, you know, modern society, yeah. like what we project onto moms and what mom life is like. And, um, there's a lot of mom guilt, you know, um, even just having a career that I have, you know, working as a surgeon and delivering babies, you know, I've, I've missed opportunities, you know, with my children, but, I'm also really open with them. You know, mommy has to go deliver a baby and they love what I do, you know, or <laughs> yeah. mommy's going to go to the gym. I'll be back in an hour. Um, I think that it's just kind of thinking about parenting in a different way, you know? Yeah, that's good. And then what, so someone, uh, someone the other day told me, and she's a mom too. Um, do you, uh, like a lot of people kind of judge the fact that uh, you're so busy and you still take time to go to the gym? Like, like, and that's kind of like time away from your kids. Do people ever like say something negative about that? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Because I kind of live my life on social media. I'm, right. you know, definitely open to a lot of people's judgment. Right. Um, but I figure out how to make it work. And I think it's hard to deny results. And I think the people who who say things like that, um, when people say stuff like that, it's always people who are doing less than you. It's because what you're doing makes them uncomfortable. Um, and so you really have to just learn how to ignore the noise. Wow. That's, yeah, it's it, very true. Very true. Because, um, see, yeah, someone told me that and I was like, what the heck? Maybe because I don't have that perspective. I see I see a mom crushing it and I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, you're trying to ensure that you're stable and you're good. And you're at 100% so you can give to your kids and give back. And, uh, and show them, you know, an example of, of, you know, what, I guess, you know, what's something that if you, if you put hard work into what you can achieve, no matter what your, your case is or what your scenarios are. So I think that's, that's truly amazing. And, um, and on top of that, talking about moms and, 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 you know, being, you know, the pregnancies and stuff like this, how, how important, especially with your experience and all the knowledge that you have, how important is it to, to do some sort of fitness or take care of your health throughout a pregnancy. Yeah. So it's almost like, I'm glad I didn't know <laughs> then what I know now going through my three pregnancies, you know, I thank God I have like three healthy children because right. I was drinking a lot of sonic milkshakes and eating horrible food in my pregnancies, but prenatal nutrition, when you want to talk about impacting health for decades, centuries to come, prenatal nutrition is where it's at. I think a lot of women don't understand that, um, nutrition and pregnancy can actually influence your baby's DNA. It can actually change your baby's long-term health outcomes. So it's through a process called epigenetics, where literally the things that a woman eats or is exposed to, stressors you know that she's exposed to in the pregnancy have an influence on the baby's DNA. And nutrition is one of those things that can literally turn genes on or off during the pregnancy. And so prenatal nutrition is so important. And it's important that a woman gets her nutrition in a good place before she conceives, because as wow. soon as you conceive, 
you know, you're, you're going to be diving into micronutrient deficits if you weren't in a good place. I mean, mm. in a pregnancy, the body will take everything it needs from a mother at the expense of the mom for the baby. Right, um, right. And so it's, yeah, so it's, it can really take a toll on a woman's body if, if her health is not in a good place prior to conception. Mm, okay, okay. So basically, you know, when you say prenatal, obviously pre, you know, before you have a child, right, or before you get, um, yeah, before you have the baby inside you or whatever. But um, so when you say prenatal nutrition, that means like having, uh, so if you were to plan to have a, a kid maybe in the next two months, like you're going to try to have kids, um, like you would take a few months before then to kind of fix the way you eat and fix the way you, you know, your nutrition is? Yeah. So if I had a magical wand, okay. women would come see me a year, a year prior to wanting to get pregnant. And what we would do is we would look at their diet and we would look at any other health problems that they have and try to fix, reverse, make those things very stable prior to conceiving. And when it comes to micronutrient deficiencies, sometimes it can take women four months or longer to replete those micronutrients. Oh, and wow. so it's, it's not like, oh, I want to get pregnant next month. I'm just going to start eating healthy, you know, yeah. for the next 30 days. I mean, this is something that you really need to think about in advance. Um, before you get pregnant, you know, something like a prenatal vitamin, that's like an insurance policy. Um, food <laughs> still has the most bioavailable nutrients. Okay. Yes. So just cause you started a prenatal three months ago, doesn't mean that, that, that your levels are even where they need to be. Wow. My, okay. That's all. And then you said my, uh, micronutrients. So as in like your vitamins or minerals, what about like the, uh, obviously the macros, I know everything's important, but, um, would you say kind of micros kind of overstep macros? Yes. I mean, micronutrients are, are kind of, you know, important because they're part of all these different chemical processes that are happening. I mean, you're literally building a human life, yes. um, but macronutrients are equally important because they are providing the building blocks. So the amino acids or protein, I think of those like the Legos building yes. the baby. Yeah, you want to yeah. make sure there's enough Legos on the table <laughs> and, um, and protein, protein requirements in pregnancy are much higher than outside of pregnancy and women are notoriously bad at eating protein. So Yes. That's one thing that I really work on a lot with my patients. Okay. And then when it comes to fat, we're a very fat phobic society, but fat yes. is really necessary. It's necessary for building your baby's brain and nervous system, but good kinds of fats. And I mean things like eggs, avocados, uh -huh. oh, yeah. olive oil, yes. not vegetable oils and seed oils that are in all the processed foods. Mm. Um, and then when it comes to carbohydrates, we of course have a huge problem in America with overconsumption of refined carbs, flours, and sugars. Right. And that's why we see increasing rates of gestational diabetes and preeclampsia. So making sure that you're not over consuming carbs um, or eating to your tolerance is important as well. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. See, that, that's crazy to me. That, that, that's insane. So um, obviously every, every woman is very different. Uh, we're all very different. And pregnancy for every woman is always very different. Um, and I, obviously you're the experts, so you have way more knowledge than I do, but if someone were to, you know how females, they get sick in pregnancy, they have the morning sickness and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's because of uh, like ho the hormone changes inside. Yeah. So basically as soon as a woman becomes pregnant, okay. there's some major hormonal fluctuations that are happening. We're seeing right. the estrogen, the progesterone go up, the HCG hormone, which is what makes women feel kind of icky and, and nauseous. Okay. But we see about an immediate 30% increase in insulin from the pancreas. And so blood sugars are just bouncing around in the first trimester. And it's very much survival mode for a lot of women right. just trying to get nutrients, trying to get protein, trying to get calories in. Okay. Then once you transition into the second and the third trimester, um, 
then that's when we start to see some different physiologic changes happening. The placenta is starting to grow and the woman is becoming more insulin resistant and it's physiologic. It's on purpose. It's on purpose so that there's basically glucose and free fatty acids available to that baby 24 seven and endless Mm. supply. Mm -hmm. So that's why at 28 weeks we test for gestational diabetes, but most women start to feel a lot better in the second trimester um, and then, you know, once we get into the third trimester, we're talking about the, the last stages of development, development of your baby's brains and the rest of the nervous system okay. and nutrition all the way up until the day you deliver the baby is super important for your baby's health. Wow. Okay. So if, if, if a female is beginning to get, you know, into the second trimester, third trimester, and she's obviously not beginning to feel any better, um, would it be because of like, could it, could nutrition help that if, if they were to fix some things that they were consuming? So women that have um, hyperemesis or nausea vomiting into the second trimester, you know, luckily it's not a huge percent of the population, but there are some women that suffer. I mean, I've had patients even into the third trimester still suffering from this and no one's ever been able to explain the exact physiologic mechanism, especially for those women where it goes really late into pregnancy, but certainly blood sugar dysregulations can, can contribute to this. Um, right. and you know, a lot of women don't know cause they're not testing. Um, but that's something that I always, that I always look at with patients and mm-hmm. whether it means that we have to go to like liquid sources of whey protein or anything else to try to stabilize those, you know, sometimes you have to be creative. Right. Right. Okay. So we did prenatal now during the pregnancy. Okay. So now afterwards, how important if, if obviously a, a mom, Uh, just gave birth and their pregnancy was kind of, you know, maybe bad. They weren't holding stuff down or maybe they were. um, And and now the baby is out and now the body has to change. How, how important is that nutrition there whenever you're recovering from, from what just happened? So labor and delivery is a great physical feat. (laughs) So it's just like, and you know, if you went out and ran a marathon, like how would you recover from that? Right. But now, now the woman's transitioning into lactation. So most people breastfeed their babies. And so when you transition from pregnancy into lactation, your caloric needs actually go even higher. So in pregnancy, maybe an extra 150 calories with lactation, it's about an extra 500 calories. Um, and you want to make sure, yeah, you want to make sure that you're getting a lot of nutrients in your diet and um, very nutrient dense, you know, animal foods um, and, and fruits and vegetables. Um, it's super, super important and, and uh, not the time to just, you know, oh, I'm not pregnant anymore. I'll just eat whatever I want right, <laughs> um, right. because you also want to try to get your health back in a good place mm-hmm. and, um, it, and you have to be diligent about it. Wow. And obviously we have, we have C-sections and we have uh, the natural way of birth. Um, would, I know both of them are, are very hard on the body, but would one need more uh, nutritional value than the other since, since one is an incision? incision? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about post-surgical recovery, I mean, uh-huh. you want to make sure that you have you know, a lot of collagen um, and things that are, that are good at healing skin um, okay. and healing wounds. You want to make sure that your blood sugars are normal, you have adequate vitamin D levels, adequate magnesium, you know, vitamin C that plays along with collagen. So yeah, I mean, nutrition is super important when you're talking about post-surgical recovery for sure. Yeah, because it's just like whenever you are you are doing fitness, right? If you're tearing down tissue and, and you're doing, like you said, marathons or, or the Titan Games, you know, and stuff like that, and you have to recover from uh, some sort of event, um, it's really the same thing. Your body is trying to recover what has been injured, right? Exactly. Exactly. 
Okay, okay, that's crazy. And and to me, obviously, these strong men or or you know uh, high level athletes, you know, we they do consume a lot. You know, some of them crossfitters they consume like three thousand plus calories, and powerlifters, you know, up there they're very high up there too. Um, and for someone who is creating a child inside of them, and then afterwards, um, I feel like they should also be kind of consuming as as if they are elite athletes, right? Yeah, I mean, you do, you definitely want don't want to overconsume either because right. the physiologic state of pregnancy makes it very easy to gain weight, even though the end of pregnancy is very catabolic um, because of the insulin resistant state. You can put on a lot of excess weight too, and that increases the risk, you know, for the mom lifetime risk of obesity and diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So we always have to make sure that we're not, you know, overconsuming. But yes, you want to make sure that your baby is getting um, all the all the nutrition and, and energy needs that are required. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so we talked a, b- a bunch about nutrition and how, what about the movement, the, the fitness, the like, can obviously, you know, well, I see t- a lot of moms too, that they do crazy stuff. Like they do deadlifts until they're nine months pregnant or they're taking boxing classes until they're nine months pregnant. But, um, is there like a, a, a good place to be whenever you're, uh, you know, you're pregnant or even prenatal or, or afterwards, like where your fitness should kind of be at? So we definitely recommend exercise in pregnancy, even if you didn't exercise prior to becoming pregnant. Um, studies show that it's safe to initiate exercise in pregnancy. Exercise in pregnancy helps prevent excessive maternal weight gain. It helps with blood sugar regulation, and it helps protect the lean body mass as well from losing muscle, you know, because pregnancy is so catabolic. So that's important for women to help try and maintain their lean body mass. Right. And it certainly helps women with labor and delivery. Like we talked about, delivering a baby is a major physical feat, and um, it's an endurance race, right? It's not a sprint. Um, yeah. <laughs> my first labor was like 26 hours. So oh my be, gosh. it can be definitely a, a huge physical feat to to go through labor and delivery. It's not like the Hollywood movies where it just falls out <laughs> in <Right>. two pushes. <laughs> so exercise is important. And then, of course, you know, after you have the baby, most women are interested in kind of you know, getting their body back into a better, you know, physical form. What women do need to understand though, is after you go through pregnancy, your body, you know, makes changes that that may never go back, you know, um, skin can be stretched and you can get stretch marks and things like that. And sometimes there can be some genetic predispositions to, you know, patients that have worsening of that. That's another important reason why like things like glycine and collagen are important in pregnancy too, to help with that tissue repair. Um, but exercise is super important and, you know, we do have to make some modifications. Um, we have hormones that relax our ligaments and tendons. So women are more prone to, or to injury. So, you know, have to be careful there. And then postpartum, we have to be very careful because the core is very unstable and the pelvic floor is very unstable. So I like women to kind of ease back into things, working with core strengthening and pelvic floor strengthening exercises before they really push it too hard. Dude. See, that's, that's crazy to me. It's, uh, I, I have a, 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 my perspective of, of like when I see, that's why I say it the way I, I said it too. I see females who are uh, pregnant currently or even um, after the, their pregnancy or like they, they just gave birth. I see them as athletes. I see them like you just, you went through something crazy right now. Like this is, you know, as, as, as intense to me as someone trying to break the record for deadlifts, you know, like that, you just did something, your body did something incredible. And, um, and I feel like that's how we should view it. You know, that's how you should, you should view it. The body is, is beautiful. And um, if we, something happens like that, that's tragic. And we kind of just sit around and hope that the body will heal itself without giving any action or helping it, then, then we're going to hurt ourselves in the future. 
Yeah, postpartum is is a is a hard time and not a lot of people talk about it. I wish we talked about it more, but right. you're sleep deprived. I mean, you're up at all hours and, and days of the night and you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well. <laughs> um, postpartum is a very difficult time for, for a lot of moms and they, they need a lot of support, that's for sure. Yeah. What is uh you've you've been through three. So what is a like some words of, of encouragement or advice that, that you would say, or maybe that you would have done, um, you know, if you would have known everything you know now? Well, I think, you know, from my perspective, what I try to do for moms is I try to paint the picture of what the postpartum period is really like, because I think as a society, we like paint it as rainbows and butterflies and everyone's so happy for you when you're pregnant. And then the, the baby comes out and people just forget about you while you're like in your cave for four months <laughs> getting this baby, you know, cause I mean, you just like, you hardly see the light of day for the first yeah. couple months. So I think women need more support from a perspective of, yes, we love that you want to come over and hold the baby, but oh my gosh, go do that woman's like laundry and like bring her some good food, you know, or take her for a walk or something like that. Um, that's what postpartum moms need. They need a connection okay. with society because it's very iso- It's very isolating. Wow. So, okay, that's great advice. That's great advice. So hopefully, you know, people who are listening right now, if they're going to be a soon-to-be dad or, or, or if they're expecting or if they want to plan, like that's great, great words. Because obviously for, for males, uh, we don't know what's kind of going on. You know, we don't know... Thing, or maybe even as uh, family members who are outside, um, you know, of someone that just had a child, you know, we, we don't think of things like that because life gets busy, you know, and um, and and the post postpartum is is, is crucial because not now it's out, you know, the baby's out, and and it's time to make sure that the you know everything goes goes well, and obviously that the mom kind of gets back to where she is or where she was. Yep, absolutely. And you have to remember, it took you forty weeks to get there, so give yourself forty weeks to get back. Ah, uh, see, even that is great. Yeah, see, you don't even think about that. That's that's crazy. See, that that as well is like huge, and that that kind of goes with all sorts of things with fitness. You know, we a lot of people who are overweight or obese, or um, you know, they just haven't been doing anything, and they've been doing that for years. Uh, they want results in four weeks, and it's like you know, that's not what happens. The, the body is is it is resilient, and it knows how to repair. But um, you know, you got to give your body some time. You got to give your body what it needs first of all. And then, and then uh, just continue to stay consistent and, and push through those obstacles that you might kind of run into, you know? Yeah. And that brings up another good point. When you look at the intervals of pregnancies, my pregnancies were 23 months apart. But when you look at the literature on nutrient deficiencies that you incur because of pregnancy and lactation, it can take up to three years to get your body oh. back to normal biochemical levels. So, oh, I mean, you think about it that way, I mean... 40 weeks to grow this baby in like three years to like get your health back to a normal place where it would be safe to get pregnant again. And a lot of women's pregnancies are less than three years apart. Yeah. Wow. See, that's great. Even, even if they were to, to dial in like on their nutrition and they were to have the, the, you know, they're feeding their body exactly what they need. Do you think it would still take that long? Yeah. It depends how long they're breastfeeding, but you know, most we recommend women to breastfeed for at least a year. So, right. I mean, when you think about the nutrient depletion that happens with lactation, yeah, I mean, it really could take that long, even even if you're perfect, because you know, fat soluble vitamins are stored, but water soluble aren't, and um, you know, there's just so much repair and regeneration that's happening inside your body. Wow. Okay, so that it was like tons of information right there. So much, so much, and you've you've taught me a lot. So that's that's so cool. Um, and then one thing with that I want to ask about you is um, whenever you had your, through all 
uh, pregnancies. Were you like, were you doing your fitness stuff? Were you exercising a little bit or besides like walking your hair and there, like, were you in the gym or were you doing, you know, stuff or I remember you saying your nutrition wasn't really all there, but was um, like, were you yeah. doing anything like to, to help with, you know, your, your body or your Yeah. Health? My first pregnancy, like prior to getting pregnant, I was lifting a lot of weights, doing a lot of hit exercises. And then mm-hmm. once I became pregnant, I was doing a lot more cardio um, and less weights. And then because I was like having these pregnancies, like boom, 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 boom. I, to try to get in shape in between my pregnancies, I was like running half marathons and I'm not a runner. (laughs) Wow. Half marathons too. I mean, but I thought like, that's how I'm going to lose weight, right? I'm just going to like run a million miles. And (laughs) I always say you can't outrun a bad diet. (laughs) Very true. Very true. And it, it actually wasn't until two years ago, you guys, I was a former lifter of the year at Nebraska. It wasn't until two years ago that I got back in the gym lifting heavy weights again, um, which is incredible when I like watch the Titan Games experience because I'm like, holy crap, like I've only been lifting for two years. Um, and to be competing against some of these people that are like 10 years younger than me, um, it's amazing what weights will do to your body. So when people always like judge my, my current physique, I'm like, Hey, no, listen, (laughs) look where I was five years ago. Um, but good protein and weights, meat and weights. That's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) Meat and weights. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and one thing I want to know more about is what, what's behind fit and fabulous. What, what made you create it and name it that way? Um, you know, actually, I'm not really sure that I came up with the name like at 8 p.m. one night on my couch. <laughs> oh, well, Fit and Fabulous. That's it. Fit and Fabulous. Document and Fabulous. And that's so, cool. um, I don't know. It's kind of funny. I started the brand actually really not knowing what I was doing with it, just kind of making it my life more transparent to people. And um, I guess I kind of painted this picture in my head of like what I wanted to be. And um, now I feel like I'm really living it. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I think... I love one thing I truly love about about you is um, you're in the medical field. You're a doctor. You help amazing women, and and it's um, you 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 take care of yourself. Like you set an example for yourself and for everyone. And um, and it's a lot of you know. Okay, so I spent time in the military. A lot of people in the, in, in the army were overweight. Uh, I've been you know when you go see you go to a hospital, whatnot, you'll see, you know, certain, you know, some nurses or doctors who are overweight, police officers, overweight, firefighters, overweight. And these people are the people who should be there for people when they need help. But how can they help other people if they can't help themselves? So that's one thing I love about everything you're doing is that, um, you know, you're in the medical field in the, in the huge health industry and, and you, you, you walk the walk. And I think that is, is, is awesome. And nowadays it's like kind of unique. Yeah, I think we have a huge problem in our healthcare system. We're really good at keeping people alive longer with chronic diseases, but we're not reversing or treating them very well. I mean, when you look at diabetes in this country, the average cure rate of diabetes is like 2%. Um, and, and with nutritional interventions like ketogenic therapies, the cure rate is like 80%. So um, we, we don't have effective strategies in our current healthcare system, which is why I have such a functional and integrative approach to my practice, because I want people to know that they have the power to fix a lot of these diseases on their own, and it's going to take patient accountability. Nobody should care about their health more than you. Um, your doctor can't do it for you. Your trainer can't do it for you. Mm-hmm. So my message really to America is we need to start taking some personal accountability 
um, for our health. It starts with you. Yes, so true. So true, dead on, raw truth right there. Uh, I mean, look at your cardiologist. There's so many of you're exactly right. There's so many doctors out there who are like, you know, overweight and they have their own problems. And it's like, you know, they're asking patients to do something that that they don't understand. And and I don't, it's not to the fault of my colleagues. Um, I have a background in nutrition and exercise science, and that is not a normal path for most medical doctors. Um, And so we, we just, we need reform in our, in our medical system, but there's so much that you can do outside of it on your own. Yes. Right. Yes. And uh, I, I think that's crazy. So obviously, you know, uh, Jessica, right? Jessica Weatherby. Yes. Yes. I competed against Jess. Yep. In the yeah, first round. It's awesome. So, uh, you know, her story, how, how, what's her, her hips and everything. And I think it's amazing yeah. on, on how someone told her, you know, a doctor said you need to have surgery and this and that. And then she went and, and fixed herself, helped herself. And I feel like a lot of people can do that. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yes. And, and, and one thing too, I, I'm interested in, or I want to, to know is um, obviously a lot of people might give negative feedback on, you know, that you put your health first, you know, sometimes even over your kids because you need to make sure that you are good. Um, but do you get kind of negative feedback by telling patients or, or yeah, your patients to that they can fix certain things with their food themselves? Like do you get like doctors saying that, well, they can't, they shouldn't do that. Like they need to do this instead. Well, I think every doctor knows that lifestyle intervention is the number one treatment for everything, but they don't know they don't know how to tell people to do that other than eat less and move more, which is extremely not effective right. at getting people to change. So you have to, you know, you have to understand how behavior change happens. And that's why I kind of started with myself and, you know, let's be the example. And I know I've inspired tons of patients. Are there patients that come into my clinic that aren't ready to change? Absolutely. And so in those situations, I say, listen, you could fix this by doing X, Y, Z, or you can take this medication, you know, that will help by about 10% and it comes with these side effects (laughs) at the end of the day, it's on that patient to make that decision for themselves. Right. You know, you can, um, you can lead a horse to water, but it's, um, it's once again, it's, it's back on the patient. This is, this is about each and every one of us individually, you know, fixing our, fixing our healthcare system. Wow. That's see. Yes. That's, um, great, great way to say great words, perfect way to, to, to put it in a sentence for, for everyone. And, um, and I really truly do hope that, uh, you know, a lot of things that we have nowadays can be fixed with a simple lifestyle change, you know, drinking more water, um, you know, eating more vegetables, having, you know, more vitamins, minerals, you know, like we've been talking about, um, moving a little bit more. Like we're not trying to say everyone get on the front cover of a magazine. We're just trying to say, yo, take care of your health, take care of your body, listen to your body, take care of your joints, take care of your, you know, your brain, your heart, take care of these things with, um, with things that you can do from home, you know, like you don't need uh, these, this, these drugs or just like you're saying, you know, like with these side effects and also this stuff. When, it costs nothing. Many of them yes. cost nothing. I mean, you can, you can work out with body weight resistance bands. I mean, it's not, it doesn't take a lot of money, you know, it just takes them. Um, it just takes effort. It just takes effort. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing that we got to change, right? Is the effort. And, and you can't change it because it, it's, it's in the person. Just like you said, it's, it's individualized to the person internally. If they want it mentally, then they're going to take the steps to do it. You know, hundred percent. And that's good. What did you always plan to put everything together? Like you got your exercise science, nutrition before you became uh, a doctor, right? Like, did you 
did you have an idea that you wanted to combine everything? No, I literally got a nutrition and exercise science degree because I was a collegiate athlete. And I thought if I don't go to medical school, then I'll just like do something in this field. So I really never understood how valuable that was (laughs) going into medical school. I, if I was to give advice to anybody that's on a pre-med track is to get a nutrition degree. I think it's so powerful to have that, that knowledge and information, but um, no, I never thought I'd be, you know, working as an integrative functional provider. It's just kind of was my natural course of just, you know, listening to my inner wisdom and, and, um, figuring it out for myself. Wow. If, so for anyone listening right now that might be struggling pregnant or not male or female, they're struggling with their nutrition or they're having, you know, um, or they're going through life and they have some sort of health issue or whatnot. Um, but nutrition is, I feel like nutrition is kind of always, almost always the answer, but a lot of people struggle with nutrition. What kind of words of advice would you give someone right now that, um, that is just struggling with their food? So I think you really need to become very, first of all, introspective. Like, why do you want to feel better? Um, because it's, it's those types of things. There's definitely days where you're not going to feel motivated, but like, I train the way I do because I want to be able to run up a flight of stairs and save a baby or save a woman's life. I want to be able to get down on the floor and play with my children. And it's those types of things that will be far more, you know, far reaching than just like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, you know, or whatever it is. The other thing is I think we need to become very conscious about eat, about nutrition and food. And what I'm saying is we're a society where we just like run around and everything's quick and grab and go and eat on the go. And we're like, hardly tasting our food. We're hardly like chewing our food. Um, I think people should sit down and like put their nutrition on their plate and like view it and make it an experience and taste it. And I think once you fix that connection um, with your food and nutrition, um, I think that can be very healing too for a lot of people. Wow. So what a great way to put it. And I love, I love how you said it, especially in the beginning, how you take care of your health and, and you work on nutrition because you want to be able to run up a flight of stairs to, to, to help a mom, to help a baby. That is that paints a picture in someone's life, you know, because same thing, if, if a mom is downstairs and, and their baby's upstairs choking on something, they got to, you know, they're going to full on sprint up there. You know, you want to make sure that, that you're good, you, you know, that you're there no matter what happens. And that's a beautiful way to put it. That was awesome. Um, so we've talked about some incredible stuff and, uh, and truly I've, I've honored to, to be here talking to you. I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are honored to listen to you and, and the multiple podcasts you've been on, which is absolutely incredible and all the amazing people you've, you've helped, you know, especially with in, in your profession, which is so cool. But if anyone right now listening or current listeners or future listeners, they have any questions or just want to reach out and say, thank you. Um, what is like a best place for them to find you? Absolutely. People can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Fit and Fabulous. And I've got a website, drfitandfabulous.com. That's so cool. It's, it's very simple, very quick, you know, and I love that name. It's so cool. Dr. Fit and Fabulous. That's like so awesome. So everyone listening right now, if uh, you, you know, you are grabbing value or you've learned a lot from, from Dr. Jamie over here and uh, you know, you just, you just love this episode and you learn just a lot and, and you are going to start taking action now, or you know, someone that needs help or that could use the amazing information that uh, that she gave you today. Uh, all we ask here is that you simply share out this episode to your Instagram story, send it to your best friend, your mom, your dad, your gym buddy, send it to whoever. The more people we can get to listen into these episodes, y'all, the more people, the more lives that we can uh, all help together. Okay, we're trying to inspire people to believe 
in themselves here at the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. But thank you so much, everyone listening. This is your host, Coach Matt, amazing guest speaker, Dr. Jamie Seaman. And as usual, y'all, get out there, train hard. Live strong. All right, everyone. Bye. You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode or guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardliftstrong.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace.